You're listening to the Root and Stem Podcast, a podcast exploring issues and stories in STEAM education. This episode is the second of a two-part series featuring Dene author Richard Van Camp. Be sure to give part one a listen to hear the experiences of Richard as a youth in Fort Smith Northwest Territories and how those experiences helped him become a successful author. In this episode, Richard tells us all about his graphic novel series, The Spirit of Denon Day, including the inspiration behind some of the themes and an exclusive tease of the upcoming continuations. Last week, we got to open up a box of, of books that just arrived. And I've got to tell you, there's no greater feeling for me as an author than opening up a brand new box of books with, with my wife, Kiwi and our child at Zazi, and then I always give them the first two. Anyways, we we did that, and that was my twenty seventh book. Um, it's it's book two in the spirit of Den and Day series. It's called As I Unfold You in Petals. My publisher is Highwater Press. My publisher is Catherine Jabassi. My editor is Irene Valences. The artist is Scott Henderson. I do believe this is some of Scott's finest work, and I'm so grateful. And our colorist is Donovan Yachuk. And Donovan, I was just sharing to a friend. You know, when you do illustrated literature, like comic books, graphic novels, or an illustrated novel, your colorist can take your story where the artist and the writer couldn't. And with Donovan Yachuk, we really have the dream team. And I'm working on book three right now, and I've also written book four. And I just want to see where the series is going. I'm just so excited because, you know, with the 27 books that we have out already, so many of the characters that are in the spirit of Den and Day graphic novel series, I've written about them for years. I've written about Perchy, Sven, Crow, Benny the Bank, Flinch for years. If you want to read them, you want their backstory, check out all my short story collections, Angel Wing Splash Pattern, Godless But Loyal to Heaven, Night Moves, The Moon of Letting Go, and Moccasin Square Gardens. They're all there and you get to see when, when they were kids, you get to see when Sven was alive, you get to see Torchy after we lose his brother, you get to see Benny the Bank before he has a health crisis, you get to see how cunning and dangerous he is. Uh, there was a time where he ran Fort Simmer. They, they look back now, they call it the rodeo of blood, the rodeo of blood. What he did, they called it the rodeo of blood. And he was a vicious man. And that's what interests me most in in my life and also in my literature is I always ask what, what does it take to take a bad man's heart and turn it? What does it take? How do you turn somebody's heart? Who's wicked, brutal, greedy, right? And that's the beauty of the spirit of Den and day is it's about, I think life is, and I think all my writing is about life is about second chances and, and never give up on anyone. Let me give you the gossip behind A Blanket of Butterflies, Volume 1, which is the first book in the Spirit of the Day series. So growing up in Fort Smith, my dear friend and, and adopted brother, James Crozier, who, who owns the Ogre's Lair in Yellowknife, Yellowknife's premier gaming shop, he was a security guard for our museum, the Northern Lights Museum. And, you know, growing up, I was fascinated with ninjas. My D&D character, War Cry, was a ninja. And James knew that as my dungeon master, but also as my dear friend. And he was a security guard and he came over one night and he said, you know, there's a full suit of samurai armor at our museum down the street. And I went, get out of here. What are you talking about? A full suit? He goes, no, man, it was sent by accident. And I said, 
I, I never believed him to my eternal shame. And then years later, I was at the airport and the late and great Mr. Curry, who was the museum director for a while, he just happened to be there. And I said, Mr. Curry, he goes, Richard Van Camp. He goes, Rich, you're what, 45 now? You can call me Ray. I'm like, oh, no, I can never call you Mr. Curry. You'll always be Mr. Curry to me. And he goes, okay, what do you want? I said, uh, is it true? Remember when James Crozier was a security guard at the museum? He goes, yeah, boy, do I ever. I don't know what that means, but that's the way he said it. I said, he said that there was a real suit of samurai armor in our museum. He goes, oh, yeah, there's one. It's still there. Nobody came for it. We wrote letters. Nobody came. You want to go see it? Come by tomorrow. I'll, I'll bring it out. So about, it's set up in five different boxes. I have pictures on my phone. I went there the next day, and I was like, oh, my God. It's a real suit of samurai armor. Oh, my. So another thing that we can gift writers in this interview, in this visit, this great visit, is I think the two most powerful words we have as writers are what and if. What if? Because I thought, wait a minute. What if a man from Japan who had the repatriation papers, who could prove that this suit of samurai armor belonged to his great ancestors and he was there to escort the samurai armor back to his homeland for dignity, to reclaim, what if when he came to the museum, the katana that was supposed to accompany this beautiful suit of samurai armor, and there's no katana in real life. In band camp imagination, there's a gorgeous katana that was lost in a card game because our community has a real problem with gambling. One of our, one of our, one of the families lost their house in a card game. And I thought, well, wait a minute. What if the man from Japan, when he comes to Fort Smith, goes to the museum sees the, the armor, but learns that the katana that belonged to one of his ancestors was lost in a card game from the last museum director who had a gambling problem to a man very feared called Benny the Bank. And what if the man from Japan goes out to talk to Benny the Bank to get it back? And then, you know, merry mix-ups ensue when somebody with a trusting heart goes to Benny to get something. And I, I don't want to give too much away, but that really is how the story was written. And that's how um, that, that theme of reclaiming was born in the series. And I think that if you look back on all of my books, I'm sure the spirit of reclaiming has always been there. It's, I've always been that five-year-old little kid in the back of a class looking around going, there's something wrong. I don't want to be here. I want to be... I want to be in that classroom and the gift of literature and being a creator is you get to be in that classroom and you get to reclaim what you wish you would have, would have learned at that time. So Sonny is the little boy, the Tlicho Dede boy who's being raised by his grandmother at sea and Etsy means grandma and Tlicho Dene. And so what I want to say about book one is I love, you know, I'm like Garth Ennis where who's a big comic book creator. I read an interview with Garth Ennis a long time ago and he said when he was growing up, the comic books where superheroes were shooting lasers out of their fingertips and and nobody ever got hurt. I mean, how many times can you watch Wolverine take on Sabretooth, right? I didn't believe it. I, I never believed X-Men. And, uh, you know, and I know that that is a whole world that means so much to so many. But for me personally, the Warlord issue 13, where a human being falls, you know, with his jet, into another planet in the middle of the earth. That sounds just as kooky as the X-Men, by the way, but I will say this, where magic and bullets coexist together, 
that was the coolest. And so the spirit of Denende for me is about reclaiming. It's about dignity, but I also wanted to explore male grief. And that's where book two comes in with Curtis known as Runt. And I wanted to explore and books three and four that I'm writing right now are also about male grief and how, if we don't, as men don't talk about the sorrows and the grief that we're carrying, we're going to keep losing our brothers and we've lost far too many already. So, you know, it's about story first. It has to be very compelling, but the joy of what I'm doing with, with um, the spirit of Denny is humanizing, you know, great Dene complex and Métis and Inuit characters that are fully realized negotiating new terrain in a time where residential schools have, have taken so terribly much, but it's our time now to take that back, bring it back, bring it back, not just for ourselves, but for future generations. So Sunny is a, a vehicle to that. The little boy who helps Shinobu, the man from Japan. And uh, I love how book one is about the power of the matriarch, the true hero at the end of a blanket of butterflies doesn't wear a cape. It's a grandmother raising her grandson all alone, but she has the power of protocol and dignity. And she has a sacred, beautiful dancing spirit story for Benny at the end that brings him to his knees and turns his heart. Huh? See how I brought that full circle? Huh? Huh? Stick around long. May take 18 years. Hey, but I'll get there eventually. All stinky sooner or later gets it right. Book two opens where it's Benny the Bank's birthday. If you can amaze him, he's rich and he's bored. If you can amaze Benny the Bank on his birthday, you get $20,000 cash. So we open Fort Smith, Northwest Territory is my hometown. And there's a lineup down the street of people wearing their Sunday best, each one carrying something to amaze Benny. And we get to meet a brand new character named Curtis. His nickname is Runt. He's just finished fighting fires outside of Fort Smith, Northwest Territories. He is six weeks and probably two days out of rehabilitation for alcoholism. And he's carrying a box that smells like forest fire smoke. And that is what he's about to offer to Benny. And I, I really don't want to give too much away, but what you realize is that Curtis doesn't want the $20,000. He wants something bigger, something far more meaningful to him uh, when he finally gets to, when it's his turn to try and amaze Benny the bank. If there, if somebody, let me ask you this. If somebody very rich in your community on their birthday, you were allowed to go, into their house. And if you amaze them, you get $20,000 cash. It's right there on the table. You get one shot with the big leagues. This is it. This is all I got. I'm sure the money's already yours. Hey, so that's, that's how we open with, with, as I unfold you in petals and, uh, man, I, you know, we just opened it. I'm still in awe. I'm, I'm, in, I'm so grateful for the colors that Donovan Yachuk used because it's such a warm welcome book. And the one thing I want to say about the spirit of Denende out of all my books, besides the baby books, is that I feel with the spirit of Denende series, these are the books we can show anyone, anywhere, anytime on the planet. And they can see immediately just how profound the storytelling is. There's such beautiful books because if I were to say, hey, I write short stories and, and you try and give those away, 
maybe they're into novels maybe they're into historical romance it it's it could be hit or miss but i find with the spirit of den and day much like our baby books they're they're immediate where people want to try and understand because of the visual wow and graphic novels are all about the visual wow and i really want to thank my editor her name is irene valenzas she was like you need every few pages visual wow this is a visual medium this isn't one of your short stories it, this it, you know you're great you can do the literature you can do you know the the beautiful writing we don't need the beautiful writing here we need compelling storytelling but astonish us with the visuals and i'm sure john and chelsea that there were a couple pages in books one and two where you went wow this is huge this is big this is beautiful that's what we want so move, writing book three and four is i should write visual wow in big letters on top of the computer you gotta bring the visual wow otherwise it's just it's not going to fly that save it save that as a as a short story that could be a novel down the road well i had a mandate with book one and book one i wanted to put our dna laws so you, you'll remember that when shinobu wakes up on the side of the fridge or on in the house in etsy's house there are our dna laws i did that for a reason because we're parents uh, our little one itzazi uh, is here in Edmonton. And I wanted a place for all kids who are Dene to be able to open up the comic book and go, oh, here are our Dene laws. First one is share what you have. It, it, they're, they're just laws of kindness, right? Because we don't all have access to a poster in a classroom at PWK High in Fort Smith Northwest Territories or a Nuvik or a Calumet, uh showing our Dene laws. So that was number one. Um, number two, I wanted to talk about the prophecy of Aya. So Aya was a prophet in Delaney, formerly known as Fort Franklin, way up high, north of uh, Great Bear Lake. And Aya saw many things that came true. And one of his most terrifying visions that he had throughout his life was that he saw, he, he, and he said to people who would listen, and George Blondin, the great Satu Dene elder, shared this with us in 1991 when he came to our class to talk to us. He said, and in, in George was at Aya's funeral in either 1940 or 1941. And he said Aya was famous because he kept having the same nightmare. And he said, I've seen birds so powerful they never have to flap their wings. I've seen white people and Dene people digging into the earth and taking black eggs out of the earth and putting them into the bellies of these birds. And I've seen two birds fly and follow the sun to where the sun goes at night when we're sleeping. And I've seen these birds fly and fly and fly and fly and fly and follow the sun. And I've seen these birds drop two eggs on people who look just like us. And I've seen a fire so bright, it leaves only their shadows on what's left of their homes. We must never help the white people when they come north looking for the black eggs in our earth. And Aya passed in either 1940 or 1941. The detonation of Hiroshima and Nagasaki happened several years after his, his death. So he never lived to see his worst nightmare come true. And what you can learn from that is we didn't listen to our own prophet. We didn't, we didn't listen because what we continually hear is jobs, 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 right? And we didn't, we broke a natural law by not listening. So I had a mandate with book one and that was, uh, to put our Dene laws in a safe place where anyone could read it. And I always think about the teachers who come up to the Northwest Territories or somebody who marries into Dene culture. They go, oh my goodness, I didn't even know you had laws. Well, neither did I until I was in my 40s. So what a perfect place. And I didn't know 
about Aya growing up until Mr. George Blondin, the late and great Satu Dene author and storyteller, came to our classroom in 1991 at Aurora College and shared that story. It changed my life forever. Right? That was something else that we, I had to get it down. I had to get it down. And I was lucky. I was George's editor for the last book he ever wrote when he was alive. It's called Trail of the Spirit, Mysteries of Medicine Power Revealed. It's published by New West Press. And Mr. Blunden asked me to be his editor. And I was so proud. Uh, but with all the books that Mr. George Blunden put out, he did talk about Aya. I just never saw it the way it. I saw it in my head you know, in 91 when he came and I thought, well, this is the perfect time to honor um, the legacy so that we can learn from it so that it doesn't happen again. We have to listen to our own, our own prophets, our own visions. Book three and four right now, I'll just say, I really want to, um, we don't have enough love stories. And I think that Benny and Crow are a, a gorgeous pair. I think that um, we have Curtis and, um, oh, I, I just changed a, a name for one of the big characters, the, who, who you haven't met yet, um, Lacey. Curtis and Lacey is a really beautiful story. Um, he is a healer, and I want to show that. You know, I want to I have fun. I just want to show, my, my focus now is on the dignity and grace and reclaiming that I see happening all across Canada in the U S when I was lucky enough to tour there before the pandemic and just put it in my little hometown so that people can read it. I want it to be like a Dene Archie comic where you get to grow older with these characters. I'm, I'm really interested in seeing nobody saw book four coming, but here we are. I've, it's with my agent right now. And if there's more coming, then let's go, let's go. When you find a dream publisher, like, Highwater Press, and you've got Scott Henderson and Donovan Yachuk right, right there, right here, right now, before anybody else grabs them. Let's go. I think Mouse by Art Spiegelman showed us what a graphic novel could do that all the books in the world couldn't. I think it, it showcased the horror of the Holocaust. How brilliant was Art Spiegelman to use animals? to tell this story, right? I th I'm so happy that Ducks is winning every award because again, what that's going to do, it's just going to illuminate, you know, the what's happening with the tar sands, right? And, you know, please don't forget that had it not been for the Warlord issue 13 by Mike Grell, I wouldn't be a writer to this day. You know, it's May the 4th. I'm We're talking. So yes, Ducks by Kate Beaton. You know, I'm so happy she deserves all praise. I'm so glad because this is going to showcase the power of an illustrated story. I'm so excited to see who's going to do, you know, who's going to work on something huge next. And, you know, The Spirit of Denity may be the one book that somebody holds up five years from now and saying, this was the reason I started to learn my language. This was, or this was the reason I picked up the phone and started talking about my brother's suicide. Or this is the reason I quit drinking or quit using because I could see that this is what book four is all about as well. Is it, I don't want to give too much away, but the, the problems of the South are, are in the North now. This isn't a those poor people down South story. We had the luxury of saying that in the 70s and the 80s. Those poor people with gun violence, those poor people fill in the blank. It's us poor people. We're the pitiful ones now because it's here and it's not going away unless we deal with it, unless we face it, unless we talk about it, unless we expose it.
That's what book four is about. And good old Benny the Bank and his boys are there to to help just shepherd a few things along a little in a, in a more timely manner. And and it's interesting. Wait till you see what Crow is capable of. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So let's do this again when book three and four and maybe even five are out. You can find Volume 1 and 2 of The Spirit of Denon Day in the description below. And for more knowledge and stories from STEAM professionals, check out the Root and Stem magazine at pingwa.com or more episodes of the Root and Stem podcast available on your streaming platform of choice, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify.